Heavenly Father, Yahweh, we come before your throne. Father, we pray as we sit here tonight that you guide us through the scriptures. We pray that you give us understanding, Father, and we pray that we have breath in our lungs in this moment to even be here before you to read the scriptures, Father. And we pray that we just give your understanding. But we thank you, Father. We thank you for your son, Yeshua. And we thank you for all that you do, Father. And we thank you for everything you've delivered us from. And thank you for letting us be here today. And thank you for waking us up. Through Yeshua's name we pray to the Heavenly Father Yahweh, the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Amen. Amen. We start this portion in Exodus 2. Um, Exodus 6. Exodus 6, verse 2. Yep. I'm going to do that probably a thousand times through this. <laughs> it says, uh, God also spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they resided as aliens. I have also heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are holding as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will free you from the burdens of the Egyptians and deliver you from slavery to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. You shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has freed you from the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Moses told this to the Israelites, but they would not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and their cruel slavery. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Go and tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of the land, or out of his land. But Moses spoke to the Lord, The Israelites have not listened to me. How then shall Pharaoh listen to me, poor speaker that I am? Thus the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, and gave them orders regarding the Israelites and Pharaoh, king of Egypt, charging them to free the Israelites from the land of Egypt. The following... Yeah, this is right. Okay. <laughs> the following are the heads of their ancestral houses. The sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, Han Hanok, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. These are the families of Reuben. The sons of Simeon, Jimuel, <laughs> Jamin, Ohad. This, this version throws me off. Ohad, Jachin, Zohar, and Shoal, the son of a Canaanite woman. These are the families of Simeon. The following are the names of the sons of Levi, according to their genealogies. Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. And the length of Levi's life was 137 years. The sons of Gershon, Libni, and Shemai, by their families. The sons of Kohath, Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uziel. And the length of the Kohath. Of Kohath's life was 130 years, and the sons of Merari, Mali, and Mushi, these are the families of the Levites according to their genealogies. Amran married Jochebed, the father's, or his father's sister, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. And the length of Amran's life was 137 years. The sons of Izhar, Korah, Nephag, and Z Zitri, the sons of Uziel, Mishael, Elzaphan, and Zithri. Aaron married Elisheba, daughter of 
Amenadab, and sister of Nishon. And she bore him Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, the sons of Korah, Asir, Elkanah, and Abiasaph. These are the families of the Korathites. Korites, my bad. Aaron's son Eleazar married one of the daughters of Putiel, and she bore him Phinehas. These are the heads of the ancestral houses of the Levites by their families. It was this same Aaron and Moses whom the Lord said, Bring the Israelites out of the land of Egypt, company by company. It was they who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the Israelites out of Egypt, the same Moses and Aaron. On the day when the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, he said to him, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that or king of Egypt, all that I am speaking to you. But Moses said in the Lord's presence, Since I am a poor speaker, why would Pharaoh listen to me? The Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like a god to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go out of his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and I will multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. When Pharaoh does not listen to you, I will lay my hand upon Egypt and bring my people, the Israelites, company by company, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring the Israelites out from among, from among them, Moses and Aaron did so. They did just as the Lord commanded them. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When Pharaoh says to you, Perform a wonder, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, and it will become a snake. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did as the Lord had commanded them. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same by their secret arts. Each one threw down his staff, and they became snakes. But Aaron's staff swallowed up theirs. Still Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning, as he is going out to the water. Stand by at the riverbank to meet him, and take in your hand the staff that was turned into a snake. Say to him, The Lord... The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to say to you, Let my people go, so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But until now you have not listened. Thus says the Lord, By this you shall know that I am the Lord. See with the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water that is in the Nile, and it shall be, be turned to blood. There we go. <clears throat> the fish in the river shall die, the river itself shall stink, and the Egyptians shall be unable to drink water from the Nile. The Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over its rivers, its canals, and its ponds, and all its pools of water, so that they may become blood. And there shall be blood throughout the whole land of Egypt, even in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded. In the sight of Pharaoh and of his officials, he lifted up the staff and struck the water in the river. And all the water in the river was turned into blood, and the fish in the river died. The river stank so that the Egyptians could not drink its water, and there was blood throughout the whole land of Egypt. 
But the magicians of Egypt did the same by their secret arts, though Pharaoh's heart remained hardened, and he would not listen to them. As the Lord had said, Pharaoh turned and went into his house, and he did not take even this to heart. And all the Egyptians had to dig along the Nile for water to drink, so that they could not drink, or for they could not drink water from the river. Seven days passed after the Lord had struck the Nile. And now I'll stop because it's verse 8, or chapter 8. See, I did it again. I always thought it was cool that he threw the staff down and turned to a snake. I thought it was cool that his, his, his snake staff, staff snake, snake staff, ate the other snakes. <laughs> you know what's really funny? Right. This commentary I was just reading about that. It's talking about a sizable creature. Like the snake that's used right there and that right there in that writing is not the same as the creature that's used later on is what it says. I'm gonna have to research that. So it's talking about it could have been like a different type of snake or a sizable snake. Which so was this like some like movie like off the movie Anaconda? Anaconda maybe. Or the friggin' things like I don't know how big, like what, thirty foot long? That was CGI, I'm buddy. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I'm I know it was CGI, but what that stuff was real. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's a sizable creature. I was reading the commentary and I was like, sizable creature? What? I was like, I have to research that now. Anyways. <laughs> uh, I found it interesting, too, that uh, the river stank, right? Uh-huh. And it said the the river stank so that the Egyptians could not drink its water, and there was blood throughout the whole land of Egypt. Do you think that if it wasn't like just rancid water, like it didn't stink, that they would have drank it even though it was blood? Yeah, because they would drink because they um yeah. practice those things. They drank blood. I feel like they would have thought that it was a like a gift or something from their yeah. gods. Yeah, because like back then, it was I mean. All the nations, though, that's one of the biggest things that they had a problem with was drinking of blood. Mm -hmm. I could definitely see, which I would have to go back and actually research the Egyptian culture to see if that's what they actually did. But if they were practicing to those other gods, then most likely they were drinking the blood. So. Uh, apparently the god Hapai was associated with the inundation, the inundation of the Nile, which was crucial for ensuring good crops. One suggestion is that the god Kefri, Kefri, I don't freaking know, usually portrayed as a scarab beetle, there you go, is under attack. That's interesting. Did it say stank in here? Yeah, it said stank. The river <laughs> It was, it was it's a stank. Water. A stank it water. Was, don't, yeah, the don't river stank. stank water. <laughs> it does say the river stank. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Anyways, so we got stink water and massive giant snakes. Pretty much. Oh, the TS2 does massive stink too. That's fun. Stink water. All right, let's continue to eat. <clears throat> then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, 
Thus says the Lord, let my people go, so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will plague your whole country with frogs. The river shall swarm with frogs. They shall come up in your palace, into your bedchamber and your bed, and into the house of your officials and of your people, and into your ovens and your kneading bowls. The frogs shall come up on you and your people and all of your officials. And the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your hand with your staff over the rivers, the canals, and the pools, and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron, Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. But the magicians did the same by their secret arts and brought frogs up on all the land. Then Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron and said, Pray to the Lord to take away the frogs from me and my people, and I will let the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. Moses said to Pharaoh, Kindly tell me when I am to pray for you and for your officials and for your people that the frogs may be removed from you and your houses and be left only in the Nile. And he said, Tomorrow. Moses said, As you say, so that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs shall leave you and your houses and your officials and your people. They shall be left only in the Nile. Then Moses and Aaron, Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh. And Moses cried out to the Lord concerning the frogs that he had brought upon Pharaoh. And the Lord did as Moses requested. The frogs died in the houses, the courtyards, and the fields. And they gathered them together in heaps, and the land stank. But when Pharaoh saw that there was a respite, he hardened his heart and would not listen to them, just as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the earth, so that it may be, become gnats throughout the whole land of Egypt. And they did so. Aaron stretched out his hand with his staff and struck the dust of the earth. And gnats came on humans and animals alike. All the dust of the earth turned into gnats throughout the whole land of Egypt. The magicians tried to produce gnats by their secret arts, but they could not. There were gnats on both humans and animals. And the magician said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them, just as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and present yourself before Pharaoh as he goes out to the water and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go so that they may worship me. For if you will not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies on you, your officials, and your people, and into your houses, and the houses of the Egyptians shall be filled with swarms of flies, so also the land where they live. But on that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen, where my people live, so that no swarms of flies shall be there, that you may know that I, the Lord, am in this land. Thus I will make a distinction between my people and your people. This sign shall appear tomorrow. The Lord did so, and great swarms of flies came into the house of Pharaoh and, to, and into his officials' houses, and all of Egypt the land was ruined because of the flies. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Go, sacrifice to your God within the land. But Moses said, It would not be right to do so, for the sacrifices that we offer to the Lord our God are offensive to the Egyptians. If we offer in this side of the Egyptians sacrifices that are offensive to them, will they not stone us? We must go a three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he commanded us. So Pharaoh said, I will let you go to sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness, provided you do not go very far. Pray for me. 
Then Moses said, As soon as I leave you, I will pray to the Lord that the swarms of flies may depart tomorrow from Pharaoh, from his officials, and from his people. Only do not let Pharaoh again deal falsely by, by not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. So Moses went out from Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord. And the Lord did as Moses asked. He removed the swarms of flies from Pharaoh, from his officials, and from his people. Not one remained. But Pharaoh hardened his heart this time also. And would not let the people go. Ah, oh, this man is stubborn. <laughs> Apparently the Egyptians worshipped a frog goddess named Hegetz or something like that. Yeah. Sounds like he, you know, he gave him so many opportunities to, to change his heart because God is merciful. To the point where Pharaoh just wasn't, he wasn't going to do it. Why frogs, though? Like, why would you send a whole bunch of frogs? Frogs are nasty, man. I think, well, from what we're seeing here. <laughs> like he's using things that they, they worship. Exactly. Against them. That's what I was about to say. That's exactly what I was about to say. That's what it seems to, seems to indicate. Yeah, that was uh, Sean's opinion on that, and he theorized that the flies were scarab beetles, but I haven't really been able to justify that, but yeah. I can see that. I, I Yeah, I remember that, and I, I could see it too, but I feel like if that was the case, they would have, well, I was going to say they wouldn't have been too worried about it, but yeah, they would have. <laughs> If there's just not a word for beetle or something close to it in Hebrew or whatever languages at the time, I don't know, because Dead Sea Scrolls and uh, what do you call it? Uh, Pentateuch and uh, Septuagint, I'll say fly or dog fly or something like that. It seems to be pretty specific on the word. As I said, I think Septuagint says dog fly. I'm looking at now. Yeah, I mean, it's the only way I could break it down, at least, it seems to just be a fly, so I'm not quite sure. I had stink blood water and flies flying everywhere and frogs up in my house. I would definitely be like, all right, how do I fix this? <laughs> well. I'm just saying, I, I, I wouldn't want no yeah, part of that. Some stanky blood water. Let me get some other stuff. Oh, it's the end of the chapter, next one. All right, I'm going to go ahead and read the next one. <clears throat> then the Lord said to Moses, and go to Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, so that they may worship me. Josh, mute yourself. Uh, then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, so that they may worship me. 
If you refuse to let them go and still hold them, the hand of the Lord will strike with a deadly pestilence your livestock in the field, the horses, the donkeys, the camels, the herds, and the flocks. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, so that nothing shall die of all that belongs to the Israelites. The Lord set a time, saying, Tomorrow the land will do this thing in the land. And on the next day the Lord did so. All the livestock of the Egyptians died, but the livestock of the Israelites, not one died. Pharaoh inquired and found that not one of the livestock of the Israelites was dead, but the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he would not let the people go. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from the, from the kiln, and let Moses throw it in the air in the sight of Pharaoh. It shall become fine dust all over the land of Egypt, and shall cause festering boils on humans and animals throughout the whole land of Egypt. So that they took so they took soot from the kiln and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses threw it in the air, and it caused festering boils on humans and animals. The magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils afflicted the magicians as well as all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he would not listen to them, just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning, and present yourself before Pharaoh, and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, so that they may worship me. For this time I will send all my plagues upon you yourself, and upon your officials, and upon your people, so that you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. For by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, and you would have been cut off from the earth. But this is why I have let you live, to show you my power, and to make my name resound through all the earth. You are still exalting yourself against my people, and will not let them go. Tomorrow, at this time, I will cause the heaviest hail to fall that has ever fallen in Egypt, from that day, or from the day it was founded until now. Send, therefore, and have your livestock and everything that you have in the open field brought to a secure place. Every human or animal that is in the open field and is not brought under shelter will die when the hail comes down upon them. Those officials of Pharaoh who feared the word of the Lord hurried their selves or their slaves and livestock off to a secure place. Those who did not regard the word of the Lord left their slaves and livestock in the open field. The Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven so that hail may, may fall on the whole land of Egypt on humans and animals and all the plants of the field in the land of Egypt. Then Moses stretched out his staff toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and fire came down on the earth, and the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. There was hail with fire flashing continually in the midst of it, such heavy hail as, never, as had never fallen in the land of Egypt since it became a nation. The hail struck down everything that was in the open field, throughout all the land of Egypt, both human and animal. The hail also struck down all the plants of the field and shattered every tree in the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the Israelites were, there was no hail. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said to them, This, this time I have sinned. The Lord is in the right, and I and my people are in the wrong. Pray to the Lord. Enough of God's thundering, or thunder and hail. I will let you go. You need stay no longer. Moses said to him, As soon as I have gone out of the city, I will stretch out of my hand or stretch out my hands to the Lord, 
The thunder will cease, and there will be no more hail, so that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. For as far as for you and your officials, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord. Now the flax and the barley were ruined, for the barley was in a year, and the flax was in the bud. But the wheat and the spelt were not ruined, for they are late in coming up. So Moses left Pharaoh, went out of the city, and stretched out his hands to the Lord. Then the thunder and the hail ceased, and the rain no longer poured down on the earth. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned once more and hardened his heart, he and his officials. So the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he would not let the Israelites go, just as the Lord had spoken through Moses. So I noticed something in the beginning and when he was talking about all the animals that were affected and uh, the Israelites' um, animals were not affected. Yeah. That was a testimony that he literally just rejected. That reminds me of today when we go around and we give someone a testimony of our faith and they just like, ah, I don't care. I don't give a crap what that was. I don't care about anything you just said. That's the way I look at it. Testimony is one of the strongest things, you know, to bring people to the faith. The Father's over here showing you, like, look, look what I did for these people, and look how I delivered them, or I'm helping them, protecting them, and look at what you're doing, you know. I'm going to throw this random thing out there. So, um, my Facebook is majority of, you know, high school friends, middle school friends, just, you know, friends from my local hometown and people such and such that I grew up with. And I would say about less than 5% to 5% of my feed is Torah observant people or whole Bible believers. People I don't know that have added me through my husband. What I'm trying to say is in the last month or so, there are more and more and more and more people opening, opening their eyes up to the word and not just regular Christianity going to church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. I just shared something on my Facebook because it is going, it is, it, it's getting light of the Hebrew name of God, Yahweh, Yahuwah. And it's, I had two people one I know in particular, I've never seen anything post anything, you know, religious or they don't even seem like that. they shared it. And this other girl, she shared it and she's just now starting her journey of walking with the father. She's in the Christianity part of, you know, every Sunday church. And she, I know she doesn't do every part of the law, like not eating pork, but I just wanted to throw that out there is my Facebook, my local hometown people, good old country people that are now starting to open up their eyes. They are getting into not just the Bible, but the Hebrew roots of it, the the Jewish aspect of, like, not just what you were taught. Like, when I was growing up, I was only taught about, this is the Bible. I didn't know there were 17 different versions of it, which I know that there's a bigger number. But 
You know, you were just told one Bible, and I I couldn't tell you what, what version that is, but what I'm getting at is there's more and more people coming into this light of truth, and it, 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 it makes me overly happy because I'm new to it still, and to see people that just were not so great people now coming into this and being like, hey, this is the Father's real name, and it's step by step by step before I know what these people are going to start walking in the ways that I do. Where is he, he's not eating pork, living with the father in the way he, I don't know, I'm going to keep going on forever. But I just wanted to throw that out there. More and more people are starting to walk into this and just regular people. Yeah, so what's happening? If it ain't the King James Version, then it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. There's lots of people waking up. I see that too. A lot of people, because I have a lot of people on there that are not, you know, towards or I have a lot on there that are, but, and see a lot of people starting to see things. They're starting to see how ugly the world is and the world's ways are. People I used to party with, and they're still kind of stuck in that lifestyle, but they're starting to wake up. Yeah, I'm seeing a few people at work here. Holy crap, what was that? Where are you? <laughs> He's like, are you in the middle of a hurricane? Are you okay? Do we need to <laughs> yeah, send a you? search party? <laughs> uh. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, you sound like you're like in a hurricane or something. <laughs> oh, no, like I had air. Standing, yeah, it sounds like you're standing in front of like a huge industrial fan. <laughs> oh, no. It's an air fryer. Oh my God! <laughs> I need that air fryer. Then, my goodness! <laughs> I, I, I just cooking something before I get ready to go to bed. No, I'm seeing that at work too, where people are—they're hungry, they're searching for sure. I will say that also that with that though, you got to be kind of careful and steering people in the right direction because I'm also seeing a lot of the truther movement, you know, that's on like these back channels and stuff where they have extreme hate for Jewish people. Like, I'm not even joking. Like they like really hate Jewish people. And I try like, I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, trying to explain it to them. I was like, look, it's not, there's good and pe bad people every culture you go into. So there's like, cause there's a lot of truthers that are just out there. Like, basically burn Israel, you know, it, it, it's ugly. So it's pretty ugly stuff. So I'll say I see a lot of that too happening. Yeah, I see a lot of that. There's always going to be prejudiced individuals. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip a little bit and go to second Ezra's. Uh second Ezra's fifteen one to twenty six and it says this Speak in the ears of my people the words of the prophecy that I will put in your mouth, says the Lord, and cause them to be written on paper. For they are trustworthy and true. Do not fear the plots against you, 
and do not be troubled by the unbelief of those who oppose you. For, for all unbelievers shall die in their unbelief. Beware, says the Lord, I am bringing evils upon the, the world, the sword and famine, death and destruction, because iniquity has spread throughout every land, and their harmful doings have reached their limit. Therefore, says the Lord, I will be silent no longer concerning their ungodly acts that they impiously commit. Neither will I tolerate their wicked practices. Innocent and righteous blood cries out to me, and the souls of the righteous cry out continually. I will surely avenge them, says the Lord, and will receive to myself all the innocent blood from among them. See, my people are being led like a flock to the slaughter. I will not allow them to live any longer in the land of Egypt, but I will bring them out with a mighty hand and with an uplifted arm, and will strike Egypt with plagues as before, and will destroy all its land. Let Egypt no mourn. Let Egypt mourn and its foundations, because of the plague of chastisement and castigation that the Lord will bring upon it. Let the farmers that till the ground mourn, because their seed shall fail to grow, and their trees shall be ruined by blight and hail and by a terrible tempest. Alas, for the world and for those who live in it, for the sword and misery draw near to them. And nation shall rise up to fight against nation with swords in their hands. For they shall be unrest, there shall be unrest among people, growing strong against one another. They shall, in their might, have no respect for their king or the chief of their leaders. For a person will desire to go into a city, and shall not be able to do so. Because of their pride, the city shall be in confusion, the houses shall be destroyed, and people shall be afraid. People shall have no pity for their neighbors, but shall make an assault upon the houses their houses with the sword and plunder their goods because of hunger for bread and because of great tribulation see how i am calling together all the kings of the earth to turn to me says god from the rising sun and from the south from the east and from lebanon to turn and repay what they have given me given them just as they have done to my elect until this day so i will do and will repay into their bosom thus says the lord god my right hand will not spare the sinners, and my sword will not cease from those who shed innocent blood on earth. And a fire went forth from his wrath, and consumed the foundations of the earth and the sinners like burnt straw. Alas, for those who sin and do not observe my commandments, says the Lord, I will not spare them. Depart, you faithless children. Do not pollute my sanctuary, for God knows all who sin against him. Therefore he will hand them over to death and slaughter. Already calamities have come upon the whole earth, and you shall remain in them. God will not deliver you, because you have sinned against him. What a terrifying sight, appearing from the east. That was intense. Yeah, that was pretty good. And a fire went forth from his wrath and consumed the foundation of the earth, and the sinners like Burnt straw. Is that the wicked? I okay, so I would so it says, alas, for those who sin and do not observe my commandments, say the Lord. I will yeah. not spare them. 
depart me, you faithless children. Um, do not pollute my sanctuary. Well, we know there's a lot, a lot of people, and even Christianity observe a lot of the commandments today. Um, right. A lot of people Torah observers. So I would, I would think it's the wicked people, the ones that just, like for instance, we have a guy at work that um, picks on another individual that is a believer, like throws stuff at him, says stuff like, "Your sky daddy, he's not going to save you." This and that, pretty much like flicking off the father, kind of kind of stuff. I don't know if he's done that, but he's basically saying he's the way he talks about him blaring like satanic music with him there so i would say that's wickedness it's it's probably pretty wickedness and literally talks to him about like things he wants to buy for his wife that's inappropriate to him all the time and a whole bunch of stuff like that like literally as he was telling me all the things that he's done to him at work i was like dude i'm literally like verses are flying through my head right now every wicked act to turn him and off. So he's not trying to seek the father at all. Oh no, he he mocks him. Okay, he's a hater yeah. of God. Yes, he hates God. Yep. Absolutely, and he treats my friend at work, my individual, like trash because he's a believer of God, and picks on him because he's younger too. I told him I was like. You know, we're Christians, we don't have to be walked on. <clears throat> we so don't. You can defend yourself. I don't believe in being passive. I believe in if you're talking about my father, like I live, I went to work and be like, all right, well, <clears throat> I will never work with that dude again. And like, that's. That's just me. But there's people that that's me is wickedness. Maybe those yeah, people put together for he's... a reason so that he, you know, opens his eyes. Yeah. He's trying. He he's witnessed to him plenty of times because when they got like debates and about it, he tries to show him stuff and yeah. I think Which I, I want to point out because he, does, he doesn't know as much in scripture because I've talked to the same individual at work for an hour about scripture and he was respectful to me but I also I've learned a lot more than this other individual and I I think he takes advantage of him on that yeah So because most atheists have read the bible I want to I want to point this out too there and you just read it but yeah alas for those who sin and do not observe my commandments says the Lord I will not spare them depart from me you faithless children faith and observing the commandments it goes hand in hand how do you show your yeah. faith obedience to the law yeah and that's all goes back to in your walk, what you've learned so far, what you have known, you're to be obedient to. Yeah. If you've known that this is something you need to be obedient to, you learn that you should be obedient. Yeah. You know, and you'll learn so, as you go. And the Father will correct you and show you as you move on. I was gonna say, 
going back to what we just read with Moses, how did he show that he had faith in the Lord? Stood up the Pharaoh. He did exactly what the exactly. Father exactly. <laughs> he, he obeyed his command. <laughs> Kept going back to Pharaoh, doing exactly what God told him to do. Yep. We're gonna again bounce around again. <laughs> Just out of convenience. I really like right this apocrypha once again. I'm, that's I'm not reading that one. I'm reading out of the. I guess it is technically the NRSV, but it's the the red one, the New Oxford Annotated Bible, because it's got the apocrypha. They read the same. Yeah, probably probably exact same. Um. <clears throat> Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 10, verses 13 through 21. And it says, When a righteous man was sold, wisdom did not desert him, but delivered him from sin. She descended with him into the dungeon, and when he was in prison, she did not leave him, until she brought him the scepter of a kingdom and authorities over his masters. Those who accused him she showed to be false and she gave him everlasting honor. A holy people and blameless race, wisdom delivered from a nation of oppressors. She entered the soul of a servant of the Lord and withstood dread, withstood dread kings with wonders and sign. I think that probably is supposed to be dreadful. She gave to holy people the reward of their labors. She guided them along a marvelous way and became a shelter to them by day. And a starry flame through the night, she brought them over the Red Sea and led them through deep waters. But she drowned their enemies and cast them up from the depths of the sea. Therefore, the righteous plundered the ungodly. They sang hymns, O Lord, to your holy name, and praised with one accord your defending hand. For wisdom opened the mouths of those who were mute and made the tongues of infants speak clearly. <laughs> And now we'll get back on track and go to Ezekiel 28. All right, we got Ezekiel 28, verse 25 through 29, verse 21, <clears throat> which is the end of 29. That says, Thus says the Lord God, When I gather the house of Israel from the peoples among whom they are scattered, and manifest my holiness in them in the sight of the nations, then they shall settle on their own soil that I gave to my servant Jacob. They shall live in safety in it and shall build houses and plant vineyards. They shall live in safety when I execute judgments upon all their neighbors who have treated them with contempt, and they shall know that I am the Lord their God. In the tenth year, in the tenth month, on the twelfth day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me. Mortal, set your face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all Egypt. Speak and say, thus says the Lord God, I am against you, 
Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon sprawling in the midst of its channels, saying, My Nile is my own. I made it for myself. I will put hooks in your jaws and make the fish of your channels stick to your scales. I will draw you up from your channels with all the fish of your channels sticking to your scales. I will fling you into the wilderness, you and all the fish of your channels. You shall fall in open field and not be gathered and buried. To the animals of the earth and to the birds of the air, I have given you as food. This makes me think of Revelation. And all the inhabitants of, the, of Egypt shall know that I am the Lord, because you were a staff of reed to the house of Israel. When they grasped you with the hand, you broke and tore all their shoulders. And when they leaned on you, you broke and made all their legs unsteady. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will bring a sword upon you and will cut off from you human being and animal. And the land of Egypt shall be a de desolation and a waste. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Because you said the Nile is mine, and I made it. Therefore I am against you, and against your channels, and I will make the land of Egypt an utter waste and desolation, from Migdal to Syene, as far as the border of Ethiopia. No human foot shall pass through it, and no animal foot shall pass through it. It shall be uninhabited forty years. I will make the land of Egypt a desolation among desolated countries. And her city shall be a desolation forty years among cities that are laid waste. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them among the countries. Further, thus says the Lord God, at the end of forty years, I will gather the Egyptians from the peoples among whom they were scattered, and I will restore the fortunes of Egypt and bring them back to the land of Pathros, the land of their origin, and, they, and there they shall be a lowly kingdom. It shall be the most lowly of the kingdoms, and never again exalt itself above the nations. And I will make them so small that they will never again rule over the nations. The Egyptians shall never again be the reliance of the house of Israel. They will recall their iniquity when they turn to them for aid, and they shall know that I am the Lord God. In the twenty-seventh year, in the first month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, mortal. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon made his army labor hard against Tyre. Every head was made bald, and every shoulder rubbed bare. Yet neither he nor his army got anything from Tyre to pay for the labor that he had expended against it. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will give the land of Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, and he shall carry off its wealth and despoil it and plunder it, and it shall be the wages for his army. I have given him the land of Egypt as his payment, for which he labored, because they worked for me, says the Lord God. On that day I will cause a horn to sprout up for the house of Israel, and I will open your lips among them. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Father really does not like Egypt. <laughs> he does not like Egypt. He's really not too happy with them. <laughs> oh man! And Zach and Zachariah says the he really points them out specifically and says if they don't come up to the feast of tabernacles, they will receive no rain for their crops. <laughs> and he says especially. <laughs> so. 
kind of interesting. I was talking about Ethiopia. Um, he said, then they shall know that I am the Lord God. What do we see in Ethiopia now? You got the, uh, you got the, the monks over there, not the monks, whatever you call them, like, um, the Giaz, oh, what are they called? Help me out, Dustin. I don't remember what they're called. I was just referring to the fact that there are people in Ethiopia now who absolutely know that he is the Lord God and they have preserved the Bible for how long now? Yeah, they're the ones that preserved, they, they got the Book of the Jubilees and Enoch and there. Yeah, there's the Ethiopian Orthodox Orthodox group of them. Orthodox. Group of them. Yeah. So, group of yeah. them don't believe that they are the Levites and they hold the Levitical instructions and they have a Levitical priesthood. That's right. Moral to what I was saying is there are people in Ethiopia now that know that he is the Lord God. He is Yahweh Host. Yahweh Host, Yahweh Host. That's right. Uh, Jeremiah 23. We were actually just reading that earlier. Yeah. Jeremiah 23, 1 through 8. <clears throat> it says, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people, it is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. So I'll, I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and will, I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Therefore, the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when it shall no longer be said, as the Lord lives who brought the people of Israel up out of the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives who brought out and led the offspring of the house of Israel out of the land of the north and out of the lands where he had driven them, then they shall live in their own land. Hence the Even this Torah portion is all about, about delivering the people. And wrath. Yeah. That's the resurrection right there. And yes, Judas scattered too. I can only hope to obtain the resurrection. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. I do like the way this uh Torah portion was constructed. I didn't. I didn't proofread any of this. 
but it's it actually goes together really well. Sometimes they just kind of bounce around and don't make sense, but sure. this one actually is pretty well put together. Well, thank you, good. Father, for that. No, that's 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 mm -hmm. God. That I mean, glory be to Him. That mean. <laughs> Isaiah forty-seven, five through fifteen. All right, <clears throat> Isaiah 47, 5 through 15. It says, Sit in silence and go into darkness, daughter Chaldea, for you shall no more be called the mistress of kingdoms. I was angry with my people. I profaned my heritage. I gave them into your hand. You showed them no mercy. On the aged, you made your yoke exceedingly heavy. You said, I shall be mistress forever, so that you did not lay these things to heart or remember their end. Now, therefore, hear this, you lover of pleasures, who sit securely, who say in your heart, I am, and there is no one besides me. I shall not sit as a widow or know the loss of children. Both these things shall come upon you in a moment, in one day. The loss of children and widowhood shall come upon you in full measure, in spite of your many sorceries and the great power of your enchantments. You, self, <clears throat> you, felt, you felt secure in your wickedness. You said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge led you astray. And you said in your heart, I am, and there is no one besides me. But evil shall come upon you, which you cannot charm away. Disaster shall fall upon you, which you will not be able to ward off. And ruin shall come on you suddenly, of which you know nothing. Stand fast in your enchantments and your many sorceries, with which you have labored from your youth. Perhaps you may be able to succeed. Perhaps you may inspire terror. You are wearied with your many consultations. Let those who study the heavens stand up and save you. Those who gaze at the stars and at each new moon predict what shall befall you. See, they are like stubble. The fire consumes them. They cannot deliver themselves from the power of the flame. No coal for warming oneself is this. No fire to sit before. Such to you are those with whom you have labored who have trafficked with you from your youth. They all wander about in their own path. There is no one to save you. Terrifying. Yes. Very much so. I always think about that. I'm like, man, I really hope the father's for me. I don't want to be against them, man. Scary thing. I definitely do not wish to be against the father. Mm-mm. God, it's terrifying. Um, I'm gonna do Joshua ten. Seven. Yeah, it's 11. funny. It talks about the um enchantments, and sorcery, and we remember that the Israelites went to Babylon, and what was one of the things that came out of Babylon? Enchantments and sorcery. Mm -hmm. And what some of those things have been mixed into religions today a lot of times yes mm -hmm. well, there's a lot of occult practices that are intermingled in a lot of religions yep yep very interesting hey, it's going all the way back to joshua now yeah it's just a little passage seven through eleven a couple verses um and that says, 
so Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the fighting force with him, all the mighty warriors. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have handed them over to you. Not one of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came upon them suddenly, having marched up all night from Gilgal. And the Lord threw them into a panic before Israel, who inflicted a great slaughter on them at Gibeon, chased them by the way of the accident of Beth Horon, and struck them down as far as Azekah and Machedah. As they fled before Israel, while they were going down the slope of Beth Horon, the Lord threw down huge stones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. There were no there were more who died because of the hailstones than the Israelites killed with the sword. That's probably because of the mention of the hailstones. Dang. I just thought of something. This is a little topic. One flipping through his Bible. Do you think it's wrong for the head of the artifacts of like the idols they used to worship inside your Bible? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit. Uh, well, not necessarily. I mean, yes, in a in a in a upfront stance, yes. It's I guess it'd be good to learn what they look like. So in that case, it wouldn't be as bad. But I'm gonna go with the Jeremiah route. Do not fear them. For they are unable to do good, nor is it in them to do evil. I know I said that backwards. Man, they all look really stupid to me, but oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, how did someone actually worship that? They worship some pretty out there times. How, how do you bring it yourself to worship really a tree, dumb. bro? How do you worship like a little statue guy thing that looks like a toothpick? I don't know. It's weird. People are weird. Worshipping phallic images and stuff. Yeah. We're going to the New Testament now. We're in Luke 11. And then I'll read Job last. Uh, Luke 11, 14 through 22. <clears throat> it says now he was casting out a demon that was mute when the demon had gone out the one who had been mute spoke and the crowds were amazed but some of them said he cast out demons by Beelzebub the ruler of the demons others to test him kept demanding from him a sign from heaven but he knew what they were thinking and said to them every kingdom divided against itself becomes a desert and, a, and house falls on house if Satan also is divided against himself how will this kingdom how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out the demons by Beelzebub. Now if I cast out the demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your exorcists cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is the finger of God that I cast out the demons, then the kingdom of God has come to you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his castle, his property is safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overpowers him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his plunder. I'll read, I'll read 23. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters.
James 5, 13 through 20. And it says, Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being like us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth yielded its harvest. My brothers and sisters, if any anyone among you wonders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wondering will save the sinner's soul from the death and will cover a multitude of sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Prayer of faith. Yep. This goes back to um basically think of Proverbs about finding wisdom and it brings life. You know, basically can heal sickness. Because I think there's a proverb that talks about um, literally that wisdom will bring health to you and the ways of the Father will bring good health to you. It comes back to faith, and the faith will save the sick. Do you have faith that you... This is something actually I kind of agree with on some Christians, on Christianity, about you kind of praying that as if that thing is already gone. Do you believe that it's not there no more? Uh, as if the Father's already delivered you. I don't know. What do y'all think? I think we should pray for everyone diligently. <laughs> In a technical sense, Moses prayed for Pharaoh, did he not? Yeah, I mean, do y'all do y'all believe in laying hands? Praying over an individual, yeah. Like laying hands on them and casting out whatever sickness is in their body? Yeah. It says it right there in the text. Yeah, I believe I fully believe <laughs> it. Like 100%. I believe if the Father wants it to happen, it's going to happen. So. And I think, I think honestly... Uh, it says the elders, so you it's implying multiple people, too. I think that the more people that you gather together to pray over a matter, um, yep, the stronger the prayer. Yep, was it the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much? So, if you have fervent prayer of multiple righteous individuals, how much does that avail, right? I'm just saying I've seen some miraculous things happen. Yeah. In my own personal life. With others and stuff too. Like, so I believe in it. Absolutely believe in it. Um, and, and I don't think that it always works either though, because sometimes it's your time to go. You know, it's gonna be the father's choice whether he's gonna deliver that person in that moment if it's 
if he's going to give them more time or not. Ultimately. I agree with that. I think that some people are, I guess the best word to use is destined or meant. Some people are meant to die at the hand of a sickness and some people are meant to live on behalf of that sickness. Yep. That's the father's choice. It's one thing we, like I I was watching a, Matthew made a video the other day actually on TikTok talking about that, about sickness. You know, it doesn't matter what age you are, or oh, well, we're not sickness, death. It doesn't matter what age you are, it can come at any moment in time. So we should be living a life as if, you know, we should be ready at any time to go. I think a lot of people forget that and they wait until they get sick to start seeking the Father. You know, which is a good thing sometimes because then they come out of it and they end up following the Father, but it's not the way I think it should be. It should be that we should be constantly following the Father prior to becoming sick. You know, that shouldn't be what draws us. We should be constantly, diligently seeking Him, however much time you're able to put in a day. But you should be having your mind on Him prior to being any kind of trials in your life. But I do know trials bring people in sometimes. I think... Uh, and I speak to my flesh as much as anybody else's, but I think that this applies not even just to sickness, but sin. I mean, period. Yeah. You should you should be trying diligently daily to make sure that you're that you are going to be found spotless and blameless. Yeah. You know, you don't you you want to be found closed in the righteousness rather than naked and afraid, so to speak. And let me tell you what, um, faith is a very, very hard thing. You might say you have faith, but when you actually put forth faith, and I'll give you an example with my wife and that baby being born, our faith was tested, I believe, because there was moments of like, is what, like, are we doing things wrong, you know? And we kept on had to push through and just rely on the father because we kept telling ourselves we go to a hospital or somewhere we don't know what they're going to do let's let the father deliver you know the baby's still kicking the baby's still healthy and hannah's still healthy let's keep on going but it was by faith by us constantly waiting which was a really long wait and we had a lot of people everyone was pretty much doubting us even a midwife that was supposed to be helping us Everyone doubted it at that moment, and we kept we pushed through, and that's when the father finally delivered the baby. It took our faith being strong and not listening to the voices around us. And I've dealt with this a couple of times now in my walk. When I was for when I had some sickness this past year, with my blood clot and also with cellulitis, I had people saying, "Just do this and just do that." And if you're close individual, you know, family members, the ones you wouldn't think that would say those things, but they operate off of fear rather than faith sometimes. And then sometimes by you standing firm, it makes their faith stronger. And that's how we're the white. <laughs> yeah. Not gonna lie, that's hard. <laughs> It's hard.
it's scary. I mean, it's a scary thing. I'm not going to lie. No, it's always like compared to um, a lamp, a lamp stand. But I think just I think it can just as easily be applied to a fire. You got to keep kindling that fire. You got to keep throwing log on it so that the fire stays burning. Yeah. So it's a daily thing, you know. Or think of like with the Shabbat candles. You know, mm -hmm. you gotta once that one burns out or it's about to burn out, you gotta light another one. Yeah. Any candle really. Once it's about to burn yeah. out, you want that light, so you gotta you gotta light another one. I'm not gonna that. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry, I thought you're done. I was gonna say that that can also be applied to how we pass on to other individuals. We be that light for them so that when our light is extinguished, that light carries on for generation, generation, generation. Yeah. I will say this year, though, has been some of the scary, like, it's been some pretty scary things to go through. Because I don't care who you are, putting your faith in the Father and the things you've always known and society calls you crazy, it's hard. It really is. It's not as easy as everyone makes it seem. Oh, yeah, you can just, but wait until that trial actually comes upon you and we'll see how strong you really are because it's hard. I don't care. Like, I, I questioned him, the father, you know, I asked him, like, why, why, I asked him at one point, like, why is this happening? You know, you know, and then I had to remember to just keep pushing forward and keep moving and let the father do his thing. And he delivered me. And the testimonies I got to tell were amazing and tell people about what he has done to me. And that's why I think testimony is the most powerful thing. It's the most, that's the most vital tool we have, you know, and that's what it comes down to. Are you actually walking this walk or are you just talking about it? You can talk about it all day. It's lip service, but at the end of the day, are you really, truly willing to die? Just let the Father do his thing. Are you really willing to do that? Are you really willing to lean on the Father enough that knowing that you could die, possibly, but you're going to put your faith in him and let him do his thing? That's why I say people need to get ready for persecution. Yeah, it's it's hard. I'm serious, though. It's a hard thing. Like, because you know that you could literally just drive down the road, go walk into a hospital or a doctor, and they could possibly throw a mandate on you fix you or you could wait the, for the father to deliver you to whatever you're going through and i'm not talking about just you know medical stuff but there's there's other things too but this is what i've dealt with in my life this is how i can relate to the situation is through medical things and seeing what he's done things that like people would never like think it could happen like i'm just it blows my mind man it really does. It's amazing how much he'll show you if you just let him show you. So, my wife just—I mean, for instance, my, my wife had literally just had a baby after having two C-sections, and doctors constantly telling her, "You will never, you won't be able to have a deliver a, a baby normally. You won't be able to do that. And you're gonna have another C-section." She didn't even go to a doctor. She never saw a doctor and she had a baby in our house without no assistance of the medical field. 
which I'm not going to harp on that because there's not a place for them, but it's that took a lot of faith for her to do that. My wife's faith has built my faith even more. So. Anyways. You're going to go off X7? Yeah, you're let me go off the rabbit trail. <laughs> you're good. We're going to hear Stephen retell the story. <clears throat> In verse 35, it says, It was this Moses whom they rejected when they said, Who made you a ruler and a judge? And whom God now sent as both ruler and liberator through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He led them out, having performed wonders and signs in Egypt, at the Red Sea, and in the wilderness for forty years. This is the Moses who said to the Israelites, God will raise up a prophet for you from your own people, as he raised me up. He is the one who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him at Sinai, and with our ancestors, and he received living oracles to give to us. Our ancestors there or were unwilling to obey him. Instead, they pushed him aside, and in their hearts they turned back to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make gods for us who will lead us, lead the way for us. As for this Moses who led us out, of the, out from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has happened to him. At that time, they made a calf, offered a sacrifice to the idol, and reveled in the works of their hands. But God turned away from them and handed them over to worship the host of heaven. As it is written in the book of the prophets, Did you offer to me slain victims and sacrifices forty years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? No, you took along the tent of Moloch and the star of your god, Rephan, the images that you made to worship. So I will remove you beyond Babylon. Our ancestors had the tent of testimony in the wilderness, as God directed when he spoke to Moses, ordering him to make it according to the pattern he had seen. Our ancestors, in turn, brought it in with Joshua when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before our ancestors. And it was there until the time of David, who found favor with God and asked that he might find a dwelling place for the house of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for him. Yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made with human hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Did not my hand make all these things? You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and in ears. You are forever opposing the Holy Spirit, just as your ancestors used to do. Which of the prophets did your ancestors not persecute? They killed those who foretold the coming of the righteous one, and now you have become his betrayers and murderers. You are the ones that received the law as ordained by angels, and yet not one of you have kept it. I'll read the rest of it. When they heard these things, they became enraged and ground their teeth at Stephen. But filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus, Yeshua, standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. They dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And with the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. That's Paul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Yeshua, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. 
When he had said this, he died. Saul approved their killing. Star or Rune fan, huh? Huh? Star or Rune fan, huh? Yeah, yeah, I got that. He's speaking to the Israelites, Israelite people, people in the community. Hmm. Anyways, book of Revelation, chapter 8. Yeah. <laughs> 7 through 11. I'm going to have to do research on that one. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, we're almost done here. Uh, Revelation 8, Thanks. 7 through 11. It says, The first angel blew his trumpet, and there came hail and fire, mixed with blood, and they were hurled to the earth, and a third of the earth was burned up and a third of the trees were burnt up, and all the green grass was burned up. The second angel blew his trumpet, and something like a great mountain, burning with fire, was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became wormwood, and many died from the water because it was made bitter. Mm, it stank. It probably stank. Or <laughs> <laughs> if it's going to be stinky blood water again. Um, I hope I don't find out. <laughs> right? All right. Revelation 11, 1 through 6. Then I was given a measuring rod like a staff, and I was told, Come and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there, but do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave that out, for it is given over to the nations, and they will trample over the holy city for 42 months. And I will grant my two witnesses authority to prophesy for 1,260 days wearing sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes. Anyone who wants to harm them must be killed in this manner. They have authority to shut the sky so that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying. And they have authority over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they desire. When they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up from the bottomless pit will make war on them and conquer them and kill them, and their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city that is prophetically called Sodom in Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, members of the peoples and tribes and languages and nations will gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to let them be placed in a tomb. And the inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and celebrate and exchange presents because these two prophets had been a torment to the inhabitants of the earth. But after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them and they stood on their feet and those who saw them were terrified. <clears throat> That's the whole chapter of Job 20. And it says, Then Zophar, the Namathite, answered, Pay attention. My thoughts urge me to answer because of the agitation within me. I hear censure that insults me, and a spirit beyond my understanding answers me. 
Do you not know this from of old, ever since mortals were placed on earth, that the exulting of the wicked is short, and the joy of the godless is but for a moment? Even though they mount up high as the heavens, and their head reaches to the clouds, they will perish forever like their own dung. Those who have seen them will say, Where are they? They will fly away like a dream and not be found. They will be chased away like a vision of the night. The eye that saw them will see them no more, nor will their place behold them any longer. Their children will seek the favor of the poor, and their hands will give back their wealth. Their bodies, once full of youth, will lie down in the dust with them. Though wickedness is sweet in their mouth, though they hide it under their tongues, though they are loath to let it go and hold it on their mouths, yet their food is turned in their stomachs. It is the venom of asps within them. It just means snakes. Uh, they swallow down riches and vomit them up again. God casts them out of their bellies. They will suck the poison of asps. The tongue of a viper will kill them. They will not look on the rivers, the streams flowing with milk, or with honey and curds. They will give back the fruit of their toil, and will not swallow it down. From the profit of their trading, they will get no enjoyment, for they have crushed and abandoned the poor. They have seized a house that they did not build. They knew no quiet in their bellies, and their greed they let nothing escape. There was nothing, nothing left after them, after they had eaten. Therefore, their prosperity will not endure. and full sufficiency, they will be in distress. All the force of misery will come upon them to fill their belly to the full, to the full God, will send his fierce anger into them and rain it upon them as their food. They will flee from an iron weapon. A bronze arrow will strike them, though, or through. It is drawn forth and comes out of their body, and the glittering points, point comes out of their gall. Terrors come upon them. Utter darkness is laid up for their treasures. A fire fanned by no one will devour them. Devour them. What is left in their tent will be consumed. The heavens will reveal their iniquity, and the earth will rise up against them. The possessions of their house will be carried away, dragged off in the day of God's wrath. This is the portion of the wicked from God, the heritage decreed for them by God. And I'll go ahead and read Job 38, 22, and 23. It says, Have you entered the storehouses of the snow, or have you seen the storehouses of the hail, which I have reserved for the time of trouble, for the day of battle and war? And that, sir, is the end of the portion.